When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello there, it's Dave here, the ghost of Christmas present, speaking to you in the year 2023, which is of course the present. I would like to introduce you to the ghosts of Christmas past, Dave and Kathy of December 22nd, 2018. A very innocent time it was in which they watched the Muppet Christmas Carol one year and spoke about it at length. So please do enjoy this retro cinemile classic, and I will now pass you over to myself. Ho, 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 hello. It's Dave here, and I'm with my wife, Cathy, and I wish you could see the look <laughs> that she's giving me right now. Hello, Dave. Hi. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Thank you. Cathy. Um, so this is the podcast where we walk home from the movies, but tonight, instead of walking home from the movies... We're sitting on our sofa to watch a Muppet Christmas Carol and we're walking as far as the kitchen for a mince pie, drink a bit of wine, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's our annual Christmas episode. Um, so we are going to watch a Muppet Christmas Carol, which are... The Muppet the Christmas The Muppet Christmas Carol. Carol not Muppet. It's the definitive one. The Muppet Christmas Carol, um, as voted for by our lovely listeners through a Twitter poll we ran. So At thank you. At the Cinema. At the Cinema. Um, and neither of us have seen this movie in at least a decade, so we're quite No, intrigued. used to watch it a lot as a kid. Never owned the VHS, did you? No, this wasn't in my repertoire as a kid at all. The VHS is what um, get, gets on rota a lot usually as a kid. Yeah. We didn't even have a taped off the telly version of this. Yeah, just, like, I didn't have it If it, it was all. on, it was on. Um, but uh, I, I like this movie, but I haven't seen it in a long time. And I, truth be told, didn't want it to win the poll. I wanted the Santa Claus to win because I'm really interested in rewatching that and seeing if it holds up at all. I um, voted for Die Hard. Yeah, what if my wouldn't mind a Die Hard either? But so really, we're doing a we're doing a real service to you yeah. people. We're not moving watching either of the movies yeah. we want to watch. But we're, we're giving it what we're the doing people this want for you. Yeah, the thirty whoever percent of you. <laughs> um, so I'm excited. I mean, I love this would be our first festive movie of the season, so I'm really excited to sit down and watch it and just have yeah. a nice evening. Go on, yes, yeah. crack in. Okay, bye. Bye. Bah. He was the greediest man alive. It's Ebenezer Scrooge. Until the night he met someone extraordinary. Hello. The Muppet Christmas Carol. I'll drink to Mr. Scrooge. Even though he is odious, stingy, and badly dressed. Humbug. Oh, there goes Mr. Humbug. There goes Mr. Grin. Do you think it's safe for us to be up here? Ah! It's a game of prize for being me. 
the winner would be him. Yes, Mr. Cratchit. If you please, Mr. Scrooge. The bookkeeping staff would like to have an extra shovel full of coal for the fire. Our assets are frozen. How would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly unemployed? It's Charles Dickens' classic tale, as only the Muppets can tell it. It's good to be heckling again. It's good to be doing anything again. Filled with holiday warmth. Hey, 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 light the lamp, not the rat, light the lamp, not the rat. And Christmas spirit. Jacob Marley. Right. Hi. Hello. We're back. We are back. And it feels like Christmas. <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Mince That's pies were eaten. It turns out I don't really remember that. Or it turns out, you know, I hadn't seen it in so long that I it was only sort of all coming back to me as I was watching it. Yes, exact same. Yeah. Like you remember, like I remember key bits of it, but I didn't really remember it. And, and at the start I was a bit like, oh yeah, you know, this is fine, but. But then by the end, it got me and it's good. Love, it's really good. It's really, really good. Off, yeah. It's a really, um, it's a really faithful adaptation, isn't it, of a Christmas Carol? Like it's like, to be fair, I haven't read the book. I was just okay. going to say, I don't know, I haven't read the book. <laughs> no, but as in, you can just tell it's play. All right, so it's not really played for laughs. That's what really kind of surprised me is that it's very um, straightened down the line. Like Michael Caine is basically performing it as. Um, as a serious piece of work. Yeah, Michael Caine isn't playing it for laugh, but like the Muppets are playing. Yeah, but that actually physical was a really good decision, actually, because yeah. it's it's they're telling this story, um, and it's it feels relatively faithful. The fact that they included Charles Dickens as a character who's telling the story, and certainly a lot of the dialogue has got to be straight out of the books. Oh yeah, and I think like I was watching it, thinking I would have. I would love to have seen the original pitch for this. Like, right, we're going to do the Christmas Carol, but with Muppets and with Michael Caine. And it's just, that shouldn't work for me, really, when I think about it. And then I watch a movie like this and it completely works. And I think it's just a real fine balance. And, and what I love about this is just, it's just so sweet and earnest. And, and it is funny because, because like they're, it's quite meta. Like they're referencing the fact that the narrator is Charles Dickens, but that he's being played by one of the Muppets and, and and while we're seeing this whole um, and as we were watching it, we were saying you know so it's just such a good story, Christmas Carol, you know the the past, present, and future. And while we we're watching all that, and we're really riveted by it, and we're like crying, we were both crying at one point. Um, still at that, you're laughing because the Muppets are doing silly stuff in the background, and that's really difficult that's thing to pull off. It is a perfect blend because they, they just they tell the story very faithfully, yeah. And then you kind of really the comedy comes from. Well, largely from Rizzo the Rat um, as part of the sort of meta-narration duo of him and Gonzo. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you get occasional glimpses, like Miss Piggy is obviously hilarious. I mean, Miss Piggy always is the She's best. She's hilarious. But um, like even at the start when the credits roll up and it's like Bob Cratchit is played by Kermit the Frog as if Kermit the Frog's a real person. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so clever. Like just those little touches. But it's funny, but it's also clever. I mean, Gonzo says the word omniscient. Like he's an omniscient narrator, which like... <laughs> I never understood as a child, but like looking back, like that's that's quite a quite a, a very well interesting and relevant word to use. It is, and it's such a lovely movie to show a kid because you know it's funny and silly, and there's a lovely message to it. And there are like you know greater literary 
themes going on and it's like one of the most famous books of all time so it's an incredible it's a movie. great story and at the end they say go and read the book if you like the movie which is so nice this yeah. is a lovely message um, but yeah into specifics um, alright so full spoilers here for A Muppet Christmas full Carol full spoilers I, I if think... you don't know the story of A Muppet's Christmas Carol <laughs> you, you may know, know, you the, know story the story of Christmas, of Christmas Carol, Carol. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard this one um, but you know spoilers um, so I just I love the whole setup from the start and I just I always remember the Marley and Marley song that's the only one I could recall off the top of my head until they, until they um, but then but then as soon as they come on the song all the songs I was like oh I do know Christmas. this but but I would not have been able to, to tell it from me from the off but then no. the second um, um, the, the Marley brothers showed up you and me just both turned to it and went I'm Marley yeah. Marley <laughs> ooh yeah that's really good um, but I enjoyed actually, all but that but in stuff. retrospect it's one of the weakest songs it's really weak they just <laughs> they got Marley song. and Marley and then ooh <laughs> they can't think of anything else to do so why is that the one stuck in our head but the setup is so sweet you know in the office of like Kermit's kind of the gang leader because he's always like the one you know he's like the one who'd be standing up for workers rights and he's saying we need to get Christmas day off and like we need more coal we're so cold and Scrooge is awful and he won't donate money to charity and he's awful to everyone and Michael Caine's just perfection in this role like he's just he's just so curmudgeon and like brilliant he's good yeah. like he's this is a really really good performance like Michael Caine is a well we all know he's a great actor we don't need to talk about that but he's like giving it his all I actually found while I was doing my Wikipedia research I found a great quote from him uh, which goes like this is he it said, properly credited or is it no, a fake yeah, Wikipedia I checked. quote it's from oh, come on we, these, this day and age we can trust Wikipedia it's very well monitored um, this is from a 90, it was an interview from by him at the time during production he said I'm going to play this movie like I'm working with the Royal Shakespeare Company I will never wink I will never do anything Muppety. <laughs> I am going to play Scrooge as if it is an utterly dramatic role and there are no puppets around me. Well, that's why it works. Because if he was winking in Muppety, it wouldn't work. But also exactly the fact that Kermit, I mean, Kermit's largely a, um, a straight man anyway, but he brings a sort of, he brings a complete sincereness and sweetness that Bob Cratchit needs to yeah. sell that. Um, and then, of course, Tiny Tim is just, Devastating. Dave, you digress. The moment, the moment, we need to go to the Ghost okay, of yeah, Christmas. Okay, we'll do this chronologically. Chronologically, right. from the Ghost of Christmas past, who was played by a terrifying girl from a horror movie. Oh my God, she is the stuff of yeah, night. She's she a nightmare show. That. We need to put a picture. Oh no, of her I do. I remember. We need to put a picture of her up on our um, social feeds because I think most people mightn't. I certainly didn't, and I basically screamed when she came on stage. No, I realized. I mean, on screen, as soon as she showed up, I re- like all the memories came flooded back to me as if I'd sort of regressed them, or um, you know, buried them deep down within me because I'd been so horrified as a child <laughs> by this floating, um, like nightmare doll child. It's just it's, it's like a Chucky doll or something. It's t- absolutely terrifying, and they've done something to her face where it kind of looks like they might have transplanted a child's face onto it like a moving child's face because obviously the CG is not the best given it's 1992 but but her voice and everything it's absolutely terrifying why wasn't Scrooge uh, terrified of her instead of the ghost of yet to come uh, who's not that scary really it was just a big old well I guess um, from Scrooge's point of view he couldn't see how badly CG'd she was because he wasn't acting (laughs) to anything well he he literally wasn't noticing the yeah he wasn't looking at anything Um, but yeah I mean the stuff I mean this is pretty standard stuff the ghost of Christmas past I mean it's kind of funny to picture that a young Scrooge spent every Christmas in the classroom working it's like surely 
like for no other reason than like schools probably closed on Christmas Day and he probably couldn't have been there so it didn't quite make sense but um, I like they just showed that from a really young age he was basically just weirdly overly industrious and uh, curmudgeon-y but what they don't explore and again this is a kids movie and I haven't read the book so what they don't explore in this movie is but what made him like that like it's pretty strange that a five-year-old boy would be like that and I guess I would have liked to see more depth to his past maybe we'd seen his family situation or his parents or or something instead of just oh yeah he's always been like this and, and that's the story it's very light on detail yeah. this movie to be fair it feels like but again it's a kid's it's short, movie yeah. and it, it kind of I mean they're not going to go into like maybe you know potential like deprivation or abuse Scrooge suffered as a child I guess though actually that might have been an interesting way to inform the character again I don't know if it's in the book or not um, but I guess the bit that touched me most out of the Ghost of Christmas past because it was like pretty light is the the bit where he he's actually engaged and she's I didn't remember this at all and she's saying but when are we going to get married and he says oh you know we need another year because finances aren't where I want them to be and she's like but you said that last year and he says well I, I love you and she's like I don't think so I think you loved me and she just walks off and that's and you see Michael Caine like hearts breaking as he watches this exchange and that's really sad yeah he sold that but that that moment didn't really land for me I'll be honest because they don't spend any time establishing that relationship oh no uh, it's all about him like she literally we only met her like 30 seconds before yeah. at Fuzzy Bear's party well it's that exact thing where a woman is only used to tell a man's story and that's exactly what this is yeah um, so, but... whereas you compare this to and I'm going to compare this to Scrooge which is my personal favourite telling of A Christmas Carol um, and that relationship with um, Bill Murray and I forget the actress's name um, who from Raiders of the Lost Ark who um, is, is like integral to the whole thing and they built the movie off the back of that that's the spine of the whole thing the spine of this movie is Tiny Tim yeah yeah to yeah. be fair but like but no you're but, right she was just servicing his plot but at the same time that of all the past stuff that was the only really meaningful one the rest is just oh it's a Christmas party where he's complaining about the cost of Christmas oh it's a school day and he's like you know he's going to school when he should be it's all very surface yeah, level really surface level stuff and then when we get to the um, so that was that the, when we were in the Christmas past stuff was when I was going oh I wish we weren't watching like I wasn't saying I wish we weren't watching this but I was like I kind of wish we were doing a different movie can I can I very quickly before we move on? Yeah, there's a brilliant uh, Sam the Eagle playing his his headmaster though is superb. He's one of the best Muppets. Um, you know the Muppets better than I do. Like I'm surprised you know all their names because I don't. I grew up with them. Kermit I watched the Muppets. the reruns of the show. Yeah, all I never the time. did. Um, he's <laughs> he's telling him about being a, that he's got he's going to be going into business and he's got an apprenticeship and. Uh, and he says, uh, it's, it's a great living. It's good to be industrious. It is the American way. Oh, that's um, brilliant. And then you get that moment of like, it's so kind of cheesy, but Gonzo comes up behind him and kind of whispers it. And like, it is the British way. <laughs> that was really funny though. That made us laugh out yeah. loud. Um, and then we get to Ghost of Christmas Present. I have to say, this is technically the Ghost of Christmas Future because it's 1am in Scrooge's bedchambers. And yet they're looking at about at least 8, 9am. So it's the ghost of imminent. It's a ghost of few a few hours from now. The ghost of Christmas tomorrow. So no, but it's not tomorrow. If it's one a.m., then it's today. Fine. So the it's ghost the ghost. He's the ghost of Christmas today. And if he's the ghost of Christmas today, 
And that's the present. No, because he's the ghost of Christmas right now. He even says to him, I can only live in the moment. So I call absolute bullshit on that yeah, one. Yeah, but it'd be, it'd be pretty boring if he was like taking visits of people's homes at 1am and they're yeah. all asleep. He could have looked into like, you know, people's bedroom windows. Nothing creepy about that. So he's um, basically the ghost of Christmas voyeurism. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, literally they go out in the street and everyone's singing, it feels like Christmas. That's the best song. And then he goes, Isn't it? great. And suddenly Scrooge is a convert to Christmas. Oh, I, I wanted to talk about this as well. So... Scrooge is like as if he's never seen people singing Christmas carols before. But like, yeah, this ghost didn't show him too, anything. It's too much of a of a one eighty for for the character. And then and he just starts suddenly halfway through. He sees some mice and he's suddenly smiling. Yeah, um, it's too soon. And then and soon. then he starts doing this amazing dad dancing. He wasn't dancing at the stage. Oh yeah, all right. I'm going remind me to to post no, a, a gif of this on our Twitter because. Michael Caine does some superb dad dancing. And but I that's don't... at the end, not at the middle. No, in the in this song, oh. at one point, you know, because he's a convert to Christmas halfway through the song because yeah. people <laughs> are singing. And he's doing this sort of, this is a podcast, so you're not going to see what I'm doing, but I'm doing it right now. What do you think? I think he looks like he he's like this. Um, flying. Right. Anyway, so then he goes into his nephew's house. The great nephew's being pretty mean about him, which I thought was surprising because... The nephew is the one who invited him to come over Christmas Day. The nephew in Scrooge is nicer than the nephew in Muppet's Christmas Carol. Um, well, it's weird because he's so nice at the beginning when we meet him. Yeah, it just seemed a bit odd. But like, then, then he's he like is slagging talking about him, him off. his back. Yeah, he's it's slagging him off in a do. game of charades. So that's a really mean thing to do. And then we get to um, Kermit and Piggy. And this is just the best. Like as soon as Piggy shows up, like she's just the standout always. And we were just saying how sweet it is that whenever Kermit and Piggy have kids, the girls are always... Piggy, the boys are always yeah, Kermit. Yeah. It's so simplistic. They're, they're just like so <laughs> sweet, and like Piggy and the two girls are just so funny, and uh, even Piggy, like it, I just love that. Like, if she was an actress, Miss Piggy, I love that she has refused to actually look for for the scene. Like she's like full makeup, <laughs> yeah, hair yeah, yeah. done, which is exactly Miss <laughs> Piggy would never go for that. There are some moments in this that, like, one we laughed out loud at. There's some, like this is quite a funny movie. Yeah, really good. I think. And, and then Tiny Tim, as soon as you oh, see him. And then you even think, oh, Tiny Tim has become, like, Tiny Tim has become a bit of a, you know, oh, yeah, Tiny cliche. Tim is a bit of a cliche. And then the scene when... Well, it's to- it's total saccharine. It's just, and it's, it's, it's emotionally so manipulative, it's but it's so just manipulative. It like, works. the bit where um, Scrooge is watching them and, um, and they all start singing, bless us all. Sorry, I've got a sore throat, but they all start singing, bless us all. And then at the end, um, you know, Scrooge starts going, but what's to become of Tiny Tim? What's to become of Tiny Tim? And and he keeps his eye on Tiny Tim for the longest. And like, obviously foreshadowing to us that something's going to happen to Tiny Tim. But I felt really anxious in that scene. Like, I thought, I just really felt that scene. And well, I mean, the family not... are ridiculous because they're all literally sitting around singing, bless us all. And the narrator says, like, they're having the best day of the year. And I'm like, very quickly they went from, you know, they're supposedly a really poor family. And like, very quickly they went from eating the goose or whatever to like just all singing like are you not going to eat your meal what are you talking about it's a musical no I know but like they just suddenly sorry you sorry, you wanted a 20 minute <laughs> uh, dinner scene before the musical I just thought it was where, a bit where they're like oh pass the salt please but it's a funny one and I meant to say this about? actually earlier mental it's a it's a it's a musical but but it's not an outright musical because there's not a lot of music in it what like, is there like three numbers four? when you compare it to Look just off the top of my head, like what a movie I saw this year, like Mamma Mia, um, you know, where there's just consistent songs. This has like quite long periods without music for a 90 minute musical, yeah. 
Um, and some of the songs are a bit weak. Like I think this Blessed All song was weak. And like it's we said, we couldn't remember sweet, the music. It's sweet though. But yeah, but it's not cat. Like we couldn't remember the music. No. Like I, I already have just watched it. I can barely remember it. Um, and the music yeah. I looked up was uh, the songs were written by Paul Williams is the guy name who did a lot of the Muppet songs and he's done a lot of uh, work with pop artists. But he wrote Rainbow Connection from Rainbow the Muppet movie, which yeah. is the best Muppet song yeah. of all time. Rainbow Connection is lovely. I, and one of the, one, it's just a lovely song. I yeah. love that song. Um, but anyway, on to the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Did not know that was the ghost's name. Thought it was Ghost of Christmas Future. Yeah, I think we all did. Yeah. Um, and it's not really the ghost of Christmas yet to come. It's a Dementor from Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is literally what it is. Um, and it's really funny because it's at that Harry point... Potter, though, um, so are you are you calling out Rowling for a... For some old-fashioned plagiarism. No, because I mean, it's a pretty like generic image of like death or foreboding. Cut um, to J.K. Rowling, nineteen ninety-two, <laughs> front row, Muppets Christmas Carol premiere. Yeah, with a notepad. <laughs> Why is she at the premiere? She's just written and she's just underlined ghost of Christmas yet to come. <laughs> um, but I love the way Gonzo and Rizzo are narrators. Go, oh, we're leaving. We don't want to sit through this, which I thought was like yeah, quite good because like it's going to be really sad. And Plus, then... I love the running gag of them by the win- by looking in at windows and then somebody opens the window and they it. get flung away. And then they like go through like what could only be described as some, some sort of vortex or portal. It's much darker gotta, than the other ones. You gotta have a vortex. Yeah, and then, um, and then. Straight into it, Scrooge hears, you know, all the villagers, I guess, rejoicing in his death. And and then he overhears the dark side of it when people have, like, taken the veggies off his bed to sell and they're still warm. And he says, I'm going to be haunted by that terrible conversation forever, which actually I thought you would be. <laughs> people are rejoicing in your death. Um, And he's very, I mean, he's very clueless, Scrooge, because he's like, who's that poor misfortunate they're talking about? It's like, uh, you? <laughs> Who else do you possibly think they're talking about? And then, I think he's in denial. I think you shouldn't eat while we're podcasting. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> well, you were talking for so long, I thought I thought I could get away with it. But then he goes, take me to Bob Cratchit's house so I can see something. And this is like, I mean, honestly, talk about... This is when I realised I was just Stop. bawling, crying, and I looked over and Dave's bawling, crying too. And we're both like, but we know Tiny Tim lives. Why are we crying so much? Because Kermit's just, describing where he's buried, Tiny Tim, and, and oh, how she's like so overlooking the ducks. the ducks. Oh, because he always loved the ducks. I mean, for fuck's God. sake. Um, but you know what, as well, it's very cleverly done because it um, perfectly mirrors what we saw of um, in in the Ghost of Christmas Present and their Christmas Day in that the same events happen just just uh, through a darker lens yeah. so the it's uh, Bob Cratchit coming home from work and they say he's been walking a little slower oh god yeah that oh got me. there's so many great lines yeah. in it and um, the lo- the girls still go yell daddy and run over to him but that's a bit more muted like yeah. it's it's really, it's really beautifully done and then that f- final shot on the hat and the crutches oh, why would yeah, they keep the hat and the crutches well I guess for fuck's sake yeah but Dave it's implied that Tiny Tim died a few days ago they're not going to throw all his stuff away <laughs> I guess but like, <laughs> what do you think they do so... start a bonfire with his things <laughs> 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 I mean come on yeah, but he hasn't come even on. been buried yet yeah but like like he's picking out the tombstone <laughs> as we speak what's that got like they've got it front and center no, by the fire. You would. That's a completely normal thing that they would have done. All right. I mean, obviously, also the filmmaker wanted to manipulate us, but I didn't cry at that. But I was just crying at the ducks bit. Um, 
And then, like, obviously, like, Scrooge is in complete distress. But again, I don't but, quite know why he's in so much distress. Because at the start of the movie, he's so horrible. And again, <laughs> has he never seen an ill child before? Like, what about this child? All right, I will... In one okay. scene has made Scrooge's entire personality All right, change. I will... I completely agree with you. I mean, it's a, the movie doesn't have a lot of time to, to establish um, this complete turnaround for this character. So you do just kind of have to take a leap of faith on it. But to be fair, looking at your own past in in the flesh uh, would war, would butter basically melt you. like, And it would yeah. make you very regretful and nostalgic. So already I would say he as a character is primed He's vulnerable to be and mani- and vulnerable to be. He's being also tired. It's one of the mornings. <laughs> He's knackered. <laughs> um, so I think when he sees the heartwarming scene, it makes him realize what he's missing and what he doesn't have. Um, okay. And then and then that endears him to Tiny Tim. And then seeing Tiny Tim, and it's great because the ghost of Christmas present echoes his own words back to him from the beginning, which is just one less mouth to feed or yeah. something like that it's like it's, yeah it's just I mean he's confronted with how horrible he is yeah so I kind of believe it it's a little bit quick but you know what Michael Caine sells it anytime he's outside like all Michael Caine is doing is um, he's outside a window or he's standing in their living room and they can't see him and he's looking at Tiny Tim and they're not even in the same shot but we're just getting Michael Caine's face and there's all there's almost always like a tear on the corner of his eye yeah Um. And it's just beautifully done. I don't think enough people credit Michael Caine's performance in this movie. It's certainly not the kind of... It's not what you call to mind when people th- talk about great Michael Caine performances, is it? Well, honestly, as an actor, Michael Caine, this is one of the movies I would first, very firstly think of him in. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, I don't know. Very I mean, firstly think of him. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this, is, this would spring to mind, actually, for me as a Michael Caine movie, probably before anything else. Um, really? Yeah. This? Yeah, I, I don't think it's Not an actor. the Italian job or Get Carter. Or... His movies, I haven't really seen very many of them. I really haven't. I'd say there's a whole audience who know him from this movie, who don't know him from anything else, and I include myself in that. Um, but you don't know him from anything else? I mean, I know from... who Michael Caine is, obviously, aside from these movies, but but nothing really springs to mind, really. I, I'm struggling to think of any movies. And I know he's in, like, Alfie Alfred. and stuff, but I haven't. Alfie? And, haven't and, and Alfie him. and Alfred. But I, I can't think of those movies. Whereas this movie, it's just like a very synonymous performance with him. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Come on. There's lo- there's so many you'd pick oh. before Muppets Christmas Carol. No, no. You can't tell me what I would pick. I've just told you I would pick. You told me Christmas what Carol. you would very firstly... <laughs> I told you what I would <laughs> pick. Go off and you tell me what you would pick. Um, All right, I'll go off then and do it's that. it's hilarious. Cause then we get to the ghost of Christmas. And we get back to Christmas Day. A.K.A. the ghost of tomorrow. And... He wakes up and immediately there's joyous music, right? So he's happy to be alive. And then every shop is open. <laughs> well, maybe things were a bit... Oh, yeah. Every shop sh- is open and brimming with food. Even though gives... even he's closed. Yeah. And, even... he's, and he's the Scrooge. At, <laughs> at the start of the episode, at the start of the movie, Kermit says, there's no point in you being open tomorrow because no other businesses are open. Even though every business is yeah. open. The coal, they're selling coal. They're selling, they're selling uh, geese. And I mean, it's sweet. Like, he buys coal for the bookkeepers, you know, he buys food for everyone, he buys even cheese for the mice. But, like, suddenly, like we said, why does he have an entourage? Why is the entire village following him and singing and holding his gifts for him? He's not holding anything. All he does is, at the last minute, because pluck a gift from um, one of his minions to give to whoever. 
because they've basically been in- infected with the the joy of Christmas. They, they should be in their own it. homes, like. And he's just singing, "I hold you close with a thankful heart." Also, he shows up. Okay, they, it's it's a total dick move. What what Scrooge does here? He shows up to Bob Cratchit's house with a great intention. He's gonna he bought the biggest turkey in the village or whatever, and he's gonna bring it to surprise him and make a big Christmas dinner for everyone. But then he gets to the door and he's like, okay, everybody, you all hide. I'm going to do this brilliant thing on him. And he just basically punks him. He <laughs> he he pretends to be his old horrible self. And he's like, Bob Cratchit, where where were you? You're supposed to be working today. And he instills complete fear in the guy. And then, ah, just kidding. And then invites himself, doesn't just marches into his home uninvited and says, I'm throwing you a Christmas turkey. And the whole village is here as well. Well, he actually buys his own seat at the table because he says, I'm raising your salary and paying your mortgage. Now can I come in? It's like, well, obviously I have to invite you in. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you, employer, for your kindness. But, you know, I was hoping to spend Christmas Day with my family. Without you. I spent 364 days a year with you. (laughs) And what really annoyed me about this as well is, well, A, it's just so presumptuous of him. But B... When we had witnessed the family scene earlier of that Christmas day, they had said it was the best day of the year for them. They actually, in that moment, did not need Scrooge to come in with all that food because they had had a really nice Christmas in the earlier scene we'd watched. It's so presumptuous and it's just him swinging his wealth around. And a lot of this, as I was watching the end, it's funny because, like, look, don't get me wrong, 95% of me was singing along and loving it. But 5% of me was thinking... What is the message of this? And I know when it was written, um, was a very different time. But so the message of this movie is that an old rich white man, for some reason, the universe decides to help him this year and make him a better person, and how he decides to make himself feel better about all his shortcomings, is to force his wealth and presence on people who aren't necessarily looking for them. And in the meantime, gather a crowd of minions to walk around holding his things for him. Like, when you actually look at it, like, it's kind of weird. I don't agree Like, with this you. whole last scene, I was like, why is he in their house? He's, 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 he gives a huge donation to charity. Yeah, but it's all to make himself feel better. Well, no, it's because he's he's realised that his it's the path he was on of not being generous and helping people ends with him dying alone and people revelling in his own death. Yeah, so, so he, he wants to do it. He wants to do it to make his life better, and like not end up like Marley and Marley, who give him the warning at the start as well. He's not doing it to help the others. Okay, but and hang this on. is where you say like, there's this never is any utilitarianism, true al- isn't it? No. What was the word for? Are you thinking of altruism? Altruism. Yeah, sorry, you did the philosophy <laughs> degree, not me. <laughs> I mean, there's an argument that you say nothing anyone ever does is truly altruistic because yeah. there's always a benefit to you. But, but he's still doing movie, good things. I'm not diminishing. Well. I don't think showing up uninvited to someone's house and punking yeah, but... them and making them terrified. <laughs> no, and yeah, just, I know. But like I, forcing I yourself on their Christmas. I was meal. joking. Like the it's that that's that, I mean that's the situation that is presented to us for whatever reason, but just for neatness, dramatic. And then suddenly the nephews but... in there as well. It's like fuck off! I don't want all of you people in my house. Like... I know, but we're like we're being facetious here. Oh well, like, yeah, I'm joking, obviously. Often. Obviously, that's <laughs> the message of the movie. The message, no, the message of the movie is that wealth wealth should be redistributed <laughs> down with the two percent right that's what this is it's this is for the the 98 percent i mean the message we of the are movie, go- we're going unexpectedly deep on no this. the message of the movie is a love honestly a lovely message which is that you should be kind to people and you should always you know 
walk a mile in someone else's shoes or in this instance fly into their house um, uninvited and spy <laughs> on them but you should always try to think you know what's going on in someone's life I don't know what their backstory is you know how can I help that's a message a very inspiring message but the other side of it is just this rich, rich guy swinging his money around I mean fine <laughs> but do you know <laughs> to his own end because he doesn't want to be in a situation where when he's dead people are like you know pillaging his house and like and he wants to feel like he saved like he's having like a saviour complex he wants to save Tiny Tim like why does Tiny Tim live this is the bit I don't get so Tiny Tim died obviously because of health problems right now when we saw Tiny Tim he actually lived in a very happy family he's well fed and his house is nice why does Scrooge changing his life make Tiny Tim live because because I he became a second father to yeah, him is like, what they said Tiny and Tim all did he not needed, need Scrooge all like. he needed to not die was have a second father yeah um, so what's wrong Kermit's a lovely father maybe I mean I assumed they would, they would say that he they Scrooge paid all his medical expenses <laughs> or something but yeah didn't but anyway, we digress. Honestly, the end was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was really unexpected tangent. No, I just was watching it thinking, just... I would say, the well, the reason, yeah. the, the story doesn't work if he's not wealthy, right? Because if it's just some poor guy <laughs> who was a dick... But wouldn't that be a nicer message, a though? It's not about the money. What, what it is about, what's lovely, is that Scrooge decides to be kind. But what what we're seeing... Is someone splashing loads of cash? And that's not necessarily what anyone in this story needed. What they needed was for him to be kinder, to obviously put coal on the fire so they're not working in freezing cold conditions and like not be abusive to yeah, them. Yeah, but he did that. I know he that, but I'm saying coal. they didn't, nobody in this story, except for that that really sad little, um, I think he was a rat, I'm not sure what he was, and he was actually starving and he slept her off. Nobody else we oh, saw there's in the, the movie. Little, there's a little boy who he goes who goes off to get the. Yeah, that's so he needed he needed material wealth like he needed money and he needed a roof over. They gave him five five shillings, but, man. But Kermit and his family, from what we saw, were actually fine. What they they didn't need Scrooge to come into their house and like throw this outlandish feast. Yeah, but they were fine. But obviously, he could do with a pay bump. Let Pop Cratchit have his fucking <laughs> have, salary increase. Will you? have, you're you're have, the real Scrooge of this story. Look, I take my mortgage paid off. By Jesus, I need to work for you. I would love you're someone. Like you're fine. You're doing fine. I'd love my boss to walk in tomorrow and pay off my mortgage and double my salary. But I don't think that... Would you then be like, no, we're fine, actually. <laughs> no, no, like, I we're doing just thank fine. Thank you. But don't feel that just because you've paid me off that you can come and spend Christmas with me and my family. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, had no say I'll, in I'll let your boss in and she can come <laughs> and uh, have Christmas with us if she's going mean, to pay I our mortgage. I a very nice boss, so it's different, but still. No. Um, anyway, we totally digress. I have to say, we need to rank our, our three Christmas podcasts now. What? So we've seen on the Christmas no. podcast... We've seen Bad Mum's Christmas. It's well, a Wonderful saw, Life. Oh, yeah, you always seem to so what do you want me to rank? You want me to rank the <laughs> It's a Wonderful Life or the Muppets, and Mother's yeah. a Christmas Carol? Well, I'm I mean, ranking Bad Mum's Christmas that's first. That's the stupidest no. like, comparison. <laughs> How am I supposed to compare those Okay, two? Bad Mum's Christmas comes also, in third place for me. why does everything have to be ranked? Second place. On, Dave, excuse me, I'm ranking listings here. And... Dave, I'm ranking mine. <laughs> yeah, and I'm <laughs> telling you why it shouldn't rank. Third place is Bad Mum's Christmas. Because it was one of the worst movies I'd ever seen. Oh, what a surprise. Albeit it was a very fun episode because I went to the cinema with the Scummy Mummies, who I'm a big fan of, and we had lots of fun. Second place is A Muppet's Christmas Carol. I'm sorry, Dave, as much as I've enjoyed um, eating mince pies and watching a movie with you at home. 
It's a Wonderful Life is my favourite Christmas episode because we'd never seen it before and we went to the cinema and it was just like it felt like a, a really movie. special day yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah so happy Christmas everyone okay I am I'm genuinely opposed in general to ranking things but that said um, our best of the year <laughs> top five list uh, is, is coming out <laughs> after this episode so stay tuned for that yeah, stay tuned. Um, but it's a genuinely hard thing. But to Dave, do. look honestly, if you don't want to rank, it's fine. I'll invite someone else on the episode because I always do fine when you're not with me. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> is this how I find out? Is it? Wait, I've who's, recorded it already. Who's replaced me? I've recorded it already with the mysterious guest. It's your mom, isn't no, it? No, yeah, it's my mom. Damn. No, I haven't. She's too good. <laughs> She's too good. Linda, Linda's my number one competition. She is. Um, but right, thank on, you everyone for up. listening um, I hope you do get to watch the movie before Christmas because it is really enjoyable and it's a solid Christmas movie yeah it's a solid Christmas yeah. movie and we'll um, we did really enjoy that um, the first song feels like Christmas we'll play that at the end and if you are feeling in a generous mood this Christmas and have enjoyed listening to the podcast we don't ask for money we don't ask you to pay off our mortgage all we ask for is that you Wait, slow down. please go on iTunes. If somebody wants to pay our mortgage well, look, off. You're more than welcome to. Um, email us. <laughs> the cinemile at gmail.com. Write in the subject, uh, Ari, your mortgage. <laughs> and then just, yeah. We'll, we'll take it from well, there. Whatever you can contribute. Yeah. How do we say that? We say you don't have to pay off our whole mortgage. What I'm saying could, is you don't have to pay off our whole mortgage. All you, you have could, to do is maybe, go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. <laughs> I'm not asking for money. Um, that's not going to put uh, food on our table all I would ask for is that please um, go on to Apple Podcasts or iTunes or wherever you listen to us or the Acast app and um, if you're an Apple Podcast please leave us a review all we ask is that you leave us five stars all I want for Christmas um, and leave us a note if you can and then in the spirit of Christmas the food banks in England we do have to say are really struggling this year because there's um, obviously huge economic issues in this country and um with the universal credit rollout there's lots of people who are without money this christmas so really handily what we do when we're um, donating is actually we go to tesco's because in tesco's they have like an area where you can leave food it doesn't even have to be food we're you not bought sponsored tesco's. by tesco's. Not sponsored by anything. Tesco. Um, but if you actually often i buy the food in aldi and then drop it to the tesco one because aldi is much cheaper they have a huge um food bin by near the front door yeah uh, in in most most supermarkets should have this. Yeah. Uh, well, ask, Tesco's definitely do. I don't know about the supermarkets. If they, if they do. Yeah. Um, and they will tell you always ask what they're looking for, or it will say it on the um. Yeah, sometimes it's things you box. wouldn't expect. Um, like because, recently, because they often end up with loads of yeah, the same thing, and then it's surplus. not helpful. But yeah, you don't even have to buy the food in Tesco. You can buy it anywhere and just bring it in, and then Tesco do something where they they actually match it to a certain point, which is quite cool. But anyway, I think in the you know we're not screwed here. We don't go around forcing food on people, but it's very nice thing to just if you can do that this Christmas. Um, okay, firstly go to the food bank. Secondly, leave us a review on iTunes. And lastly, your last option, <laughs> if you don't want to pay off our mortgage or do any of those things, simply um, open your window, ask a stranger what day it is, and give them um, five. What's the equivalent? Five, five shillings. shillings. Give them. Give them. Uh, five pounds. Give them five quid, yeah. and say, "Go out and buy the biggest turkey you can find, <laughs> and go to Dave and Kathy's house, <laughs> and let's all have Christmas dinner together." Except we're vegetarian. How does that sound? <laughs> we oh, don't yeah, we turkey. are vegetarian. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Get us the biggest you nut roast you can find. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on. This is All getting right. silly. Okay. Merry Christmas. Right. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas, everyone. Bye. And to you, a happy new year.
was talking to you, Cathy, not the, the people. Oh, thanks, Dave. It's mid-December. God bless us. <laughs> Everyone. It's in the singing of a street corner choir. It's going home and getting warm by the fire. It's true wherever you find love. It feels like Christmas. A cup of kindness that we share with another. A sweet reunion with a friend or a brother. In all the places you find love, it feels like Christmas. It is the season of the heart. A special time of caring. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.